Hi, everyone. It's Ann Allard. Welcome to another episode of the Bottom Line Me podcast. Brenda's off today, so joining me is my colleague, Joe Alvis. Joe and I work together on a lot of sales training programs at Agency University, and every so often we come across a really good resource that we can't stop talking about. One of our favorites in a New York Times bestseller is Atomic Habits by James Clear. So today we thought we'd share some things with, that we've learned from this book. Joe, do you have anything you want to add before we get started? You know, like you said, Ann, we you know get to collaborate a lot, and you know we I we both love to share when we come across something good that we think is really going to add some value not only to our lives, our work systems and workflows, but you know this is good things are meant to be shared. I'm I'm really excited to talk about this book. Oh, well, me too. As I say, you and I could probably talk endlessly on this topic, but um let's get let's try to to uh, to focus a little. <laughs> so, um Why I, not, I mean, huh? you know, one of the things that brought us to this book is that we're both really big on on goal setting. And we've often spent a lot of time on how to define a goal um, and maybe not enough time focusing on how to actually execute a plan or as Clear calls it, a system. Um, I I love the line in the book, you know, that that Clear, um, the quote from Clear, we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. The book really taught me about the need to focus more on the system than on the goal. How about you? Well, I mean, isn't that so true of most endeavors that we all get into is, you know, you, you sign up for a, a new job, you become, let's say, a salesperson, and, you know, your, your manager, your boss goes, well, your goal is to bring in X amount of revenue. Your goal is to get, you know, X amount of uh, market share. But do they... Do they tell you how to do that or do they just give you the goal? And so often when we set goals, not only professionally, but for ourselves, we set a goal and we don't put as much emphasis on the system or the habits that we need to develop to get to that goal. And and that's where Clear really makes some great points on, you know, especially that that quote, right? You fall, you don't rise to level of your goals, you fall to level of your system. You know, when things get hard, we go into habit mode. We're human. We just, we want to just, well, this is what I do. This is what I always do. Well, if what you always do is is good <laughs> and works you towards your goal, then when the pressure's on, that's exactly what you should be doing, right? Right, right. Yeah, and I, I love the title of the book, Atomic Habits, because he talks so much about how it's the small or the tiny changes that uh, or the 1% improvement that we make um, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly is what really brings us to those you know, incredibly remarkable results. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's not anything big. I mean, I love, he gives so many of good examples. You know, I think, I think the one that, that caught my eye the most was the, uh, the airplane taking off from San Francisco. If you move the nose of that plane just a few feet, you'll wind up in DC instead of New York. (laughs) But when you're in San Francisco, we're talking about, you know, I think it was like three or four feet and you're going to wind up 400 miles apart when at the end of your journey. And I think it's a very fitting name. You know, it's the little changes, the 1% 
improvements every day, every step forward. Yeah, that's that. When you stop and look back, look how far you've come. Well, and it, I, I, I think it's one that everybody can relate to because, you know, the goal is to get to the destination. And we don't really mm-hmm. even really spend much time thinking about how that pilot is or what that pilot is actually doing, that he has a system that he's following step by step by step in order to get us to the promised land, so to speak, or wherever it is we want to go. <laughs> so. You know, it, it was funny. I was on I was on the airplane coming back from our, our last get together when we were in Tampa. And, you know, it, it hit it hit me like the real life applications of this. Look at uh, airline attendants, right? Uh, flight attendants. Think how habitual their routine is. I mean, we've all been on many flights and it's always the same routine, right? They, they you hear the terms, the cross check, the safety check. They walk through and they do. They have all these systematic habits that they do time and time every time they fly. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, I bet. When things get a little hairy on that airplane or, you know, knock on wood, something bad happens, those habits, those systems are going to kick right in. And instead of panicking, they go right to that. They fall to the level of those systems and they get it done. They handle what they need to handle in those moments of stress. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an extreme example, but an example of, I think, what James Clear talks about is if that's your habit then you're, you just, you just fall to that. You don't deviate from that. True. True. So, well, there were so many great tidbits in this book, but um, I, you know, I think at one point he talks about how achieving a goal is only a, um, a momentary change that, you know, once I get there, now what do I do? If I don't have a system that, that I can repeat over and over again, What's next? I mean, what's the result or, you know, what's the game? So um, what do you think about that? I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you you come into something, you know, wanting to achieve a goal. You set a goal. You achieve that goal. Okay, now what? You're, you're right. It's like, okay, well, well, that's done. Now, now what do I do? Do you let go of the work that you put into achieving that goal? Does that just all of a sudden become obsolete and you let it go? or has the systems you've built, the habit you've created to achieve that goal, you know, they should stick with you. I, I think you're, you're, you're right in that, you know, I think you mentioned, um, the, the funny thing he pointed out that was kind of a, a, a light bulb moment for me was let's, let's use a sporting event. Okay. Super Bowl, football, both of those teams came in with the goal of winning that game, right? So, okay, so does that mean that all the work they put in, the practice they do time and time again, you know, is that is that for naught? Are they not going to try again? Oh, I didn't hit my goal. I'm not going to try again. Or I did hit my goal. I'm going to I'm going to do it again next year. I mean, that's the whole thing. Winners and losers both come in with the idea of winning that game. Yeah. So then should that be the end all be all or should it be the system, the practices, the habits that are really important? Is what I think James Clear is getting. I, I think we both agree on that, that, you know, that the, the big takeaway was that we need to spend less time thinking about the goal and more time thinking and focusing on the system. Um, the goal, you know, as they say, the score takes care of itself. The goal happens <laughs> when you have a system. 
I, I agree with that. You know, he he gives a great example in the book. He talks about uh, the British cycling team. Oh, right. Is, is his big leadoff. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. So here here's this poor team. Haven't won a Tour de France or any major <laughs> Olympic event in like 100 years. This new coach comes in about 15 years ago. And instead of, you know, going, well, we've got to win and motivate, and motivate. He said, you know, we're going to we're going to change the tiniest little, almost seems insignificant little thing. We're going to change this piece of equipment on the bike. We're going to change the sleeping habits of the team, which I thought was a really interesting thing. He changed the way they, they eat, the way they practice, the, the clothes they wear, all these tiny little 1% changes. And what do you say, within four or five years of him coming on board and making these little changes, they they placed in the Tour de France. Right. And then the next year, they won it for the first time in 100 years. And for the last, I think, I think like 10 years or so, they've been they've been a top competitor, both in the Olympics and there. And everyone attributes it to, well, it wasn't anything big. It was all these little changes and systems that they added. Yeah, I know. He talks a lot about um, how your habits shape your identity. And then, you know, in that example, the collective habits of the group changed the group's identity. So it can work individually and in, in, in a group environment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's let's unpack that a little bit. You know, when we talk about um, the system, right, it, there's buy in there. There's belief in what you do, why you do it. And when it comes to habits, at least what I got from the book, you know, that, that's a big part of it is, is, you know, changing your identity when it comes to this and the way that kind of ties in, you know, positive affirmation and that sort of thing. But it, but it's true, you know, yeah. uh, when you, when you want to lose weight, when you want to become, you know, more athletic, well, you got to start, maybe if it's just five minutes yeah. on the treadmill, you're doing it. You're still making the effort. You're now you identify as somebody who gets on a treadmill, not just wishing you did. Right. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I'm, I was thinking about it the other, you know, when I was rereading some of it because I've read the book, I've listened to the book. Um, I enjoy um, it when he's on a podcast uh, because it's it's one of those topics that every time I read, listen, or hear something uh, on this subject something else happens or something else comes to mind for me. And I was thinking about that in terms of what we work in all the time is working with salespeople. And how do we, you know, how do we apply something like that to the role of a salesperson? So, um, you know, when you and I talk with people about making sales calls or doing what we like to call impact activities, right, um, right. you know, we, we want them to focus on that, but, but we never spend a lot of time talking about um, the fact that they're a salesperson. So um, it's interesting that we have to identify. What I learned is I think I had to identify that. Okay, um, if I want to be a salesperson, what would a salesperson do? And make a sales call. Well, the you know the goal isn't to make a sales call. The goal is to become a salesperson. Each time I make a sales call, now I'm a salesperson. It, it, would you agree? Does that make sense? I, 
that that's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of evidence out there, you know, even beyond what James Clear talks about that absolutely if you want to be somebody new, like be a salesperson, you know, you, you have to you have to walk the walk, yeah, so to speak. You know, you have you have the activities, you have the the things you can do, as you said, well, this is what a salesperson does. I'm now doing that. So I'm a salesperson. I'm a salesperson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not, it's not the wishing and hoping it's no, it's, it's the action. And it's a big part of what James Clare talks about is it, you, you have to just put, you know, the first phone call on your record. Okay. I made that, I made that call today. I saw that client today. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing what a salesperson does. Now you can identify as a salesperson, and that's a big part of motivation. Yeah, I think that, you know, he he repeatedly talks about asking, you know, the question of yourself. You know, if I'm a salesperson, what would a salesperson do? And the answer will come. Then you know what to do. Um, A salesperson would do exactly what you just suggested, get on the phone or get in the car or knock on a door or do all those kinds of things that that typically um, fall into the category of being a salesperson. Those are those are the actions, the things that you have to do in order to be a salesperson so you know it's funny when let's hang on to that idea really quick so let's talk about sales you know what's a common goal for a salesperson is okay let's increase revenue by by 20 Mm percent okay great that's a goal that's a goal well how do you measure that goal well all right uh is it in the number of like we call them impact activities or is there another way to measure it you know, clearly he even touches on that a little bit. He says, well, you have to have something to measure, like a lag measure, right? So I've increased this many orders. I've increased this many transactions every month. Well, I can count that. Well, what leads to those? That's the phone calls. That's the drop-ins. That's the, the connections. Those are like your lead measures that create what you can measure, your lag measure, which gets you to your goal. I mean, even clear points that out and that's what I love about this book is he breaks it down so easily step by step on what we do to make our goals achievable. And that's by creating these little systems by making or breaking habits. Yeah. Well, you know, that, let's talk about that. He has um, four, what he calls four simple steps um, to build a better habit or, you know, in the reverse to break a, a, a bad habit. So um, there's, the first one is the cue, if my memory is right. The cue triggers your brain right. to initiate a behavior. Um, it's it's kind of about noticing what the reward would be. So um, I was trying to think of an example. Have you got one right at the top of your head? That, uh, well, sure. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of it. Um, you know, what was um, – there was one I was thinking about, you know, for anything. You know, there's – there's the four steps. Let, let, let's clarify that. So there's there's the cue. Cue leads to a craving, the wanting to commit the action. Mm-hmm. There's the response, which is the the habit you've done, and then there's the reward, which you know whatever that might be for you, you know performing the habit. I mean to pin that into to all sorts of stuff. Let me think. Let me think of a good one. What do, what do we have that I think of? Um, you had you were telling me the other day about a good habit that you had. Do you remember what that was? 
the well, I hope I have a lot of good habits, but um, <laughs> fair, very fair. I know I have a lot of bad ones too, but I'm always working on those. But I think one of my habits um, is um, exercising regularly. Okay. My habit is that uh, although I don't have specific times of the day that I'm going to exercise. Um, I have a I have kind of a cheat sheet that I use. It's sort of reminiscent of when my kids were small and I used to put the um, um, the uh, the list on on the refrigerator of their chores and you get a gold star every time oh, you, the, uh, you accomplish the gold starboard. It's kind of the same thing, but I just have this simple yeah. um, what I call it a momentum builder that I check mm. off every time I do a certain exercise. And, you know, um, so the cue is, I, I guess, that, you know, I feel like I got to get up and move. Um, the craving for me sometimes is twofold. It's that I want to feel better, but I also really love checking that box off. So I think the craving for me okay. is twofold there, you know. Um, uh, and then obviously. So what is that? So what? what's the cue? When you want to work out, like what, what cues you? What triggers you to want to do this? For me, uh, it can be a couple of things. And most often it's that I'm starting to feel, you know, it's kind of like that that two o'clock um, uh, drag that you, that you get sometimes mm -hmm. when you're sitting in front of a computer every day. Um, I start to feel, you know, like my energy is draining a little bit. So the cue is, ah, uh, my energy level is low. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's good. Yeah. Okay, so you then know. what? So then that that naturally triggers the craving. The craving is to I, know I want to you know want to increase my energy level. I want you know I want to you know I want to be productive. I want to accomplish something. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so then the naturally the response is what? Get up. Get up and move. <laughs> go do the thing. Get out there and walk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then reward, right? You said a gold star on your momentum well, tracker, yeah. but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I mean, absolutely. Know, Clear says that, you know, we chase rewards because they serve more than one purpose, too, and particularly one they satisfy us. And so the satisfaction for me of the reward is that I get to check the little box. Um, and it, he also claims that, you know, we chase the reward because it teaches us something. And for me, mm -hmm. what I learn every time I get up and move is that I have more energy, I feel better and I'm more productive. So there you go. So your body remembers that it teaches you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's funny. I, I want to use that, that teaching segue. Um, so he clear goes, you know, use the same process to make a habit or to break a bad habit. Right. Oh. So mm. I, li I like his point about they satisfy us or they teach us something because yeah. I I've learned, I've learned how to break some bad habits the hard way. Let me share my little story. Oh. We had, um, you don't have any bad habits, do you, Joe? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I've broken some of them, and it helps. Um, as a young salesperson, when uh, smartwatches, everyone's got a smartwatch nowadays. Well, I thought I was so cool when I switched phone companies and they threw one in the package, so I had it. I wore it everywhere. Well, the habit I had formed, the bad habit I had formed, is any time that watch dinged buzzed whatever i'd look at it so here i am at a client meeting with you know a, a a considerably large target 
for me to try and win over. And I'm sitting in this meeting and every time my watch buzzed, there's the cue, my watch would buzz, I would get the craving to look at my watch. Of course, naturally, that's what they're built for. Mm -hmm. So my response was I would look at my watch while I'm having this one-on-one -on -one meeting with a prospect client. And you know what my reward, quote unquote, what I learned from that? I'll quote the gentleman specifically. Do you have somewhere more important to be right oh. now, young man? You keep looking at your watch. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> what a mistake was I making? But deconstruct it, right? Okay, get rid of the cue. Make the cue invisible. That's what he talks. That's what James Clear talks about, right? When you have a habit you want to break, right? Get rid of the cue. First, first and foremost, make the cue invisible. And usually the rest of the bad habit kind of falls to the wayside when you're not triggered to even do it. Right. So, oh, I learned my lesson. I would keep my phone in my pocket and take off the watch when I'm going into these meetings. Right. It's amazing. Well, he, he, he talks so much more about how to create a habit. And as you just said, it's either make it obvious or make it invisible. Um, what were the other sure. things that he, um, uh, that he recommended that you make it obvious you make it attractive? Oh yeah. Cravings, right? Yeah. Like make it, make it attractive. Like, okay, well, um, like your workout thing. Well, if you have your workout equipment, available it's 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 not hidden in a closet it's not you know it's, it's right there in right. front of you mm. well it's, it's attractive or if you're trying to break it make it unattractive right yeah. like put take off the smart watch put your phone in your pocket like right. hide that thing. right yeah um response response um make it easy when you want to build a habit and and like you said it, it's easy the the equipment's right here you don't have to go far you don't have to get in the car you just just hop on your treadmill and go mm -hmm. or make it difficult, make it hard to achieve, make it hard to do, make it, you know, like you don't want to do it. Right. And the reward, make it worthwhile. I mean, your gold star, I mean, nothing like seeing a gold star and feeling good. And if you want to break the habit, make it unsatisfying. And I've, I can tell you, I have a few cringeworthy moments in my life, but right at the top of that list is, is getting that comment from, a target prospect about not feeling very respected in a meeting. So that was very unsatisfying. Well, there you go. So, so the bottom line here is, is that we, we want to make a change, um, a behavior change, ask yourself, how do I make it obvious? How do I make it attractive? How can I make this really easy for myself? And how do I, how am I sure that it's going to be satisfying? How do I make it satisfying? So, and Absolutely. as you said, the opposite, um, when you're trying to break a ha bad habit would be to, um, can you summarize that one for me? Make it invisible, Just, mm -hmm. make it unattractive, make it difficult to do, and make sure that it's unsatisfying if you end up doing it. Well, that sounds like a bottom line to me, but, um, uh, <laughs> and that's what, you know, speaking of bottom lines, one of the things I really like about this book is the chapter summaries at, at the end of every chapter. Uh, he just gives you what I like to call the simple bottom line. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a really efficient way to go back over some of the material and to revisit something that I really found useful or helpful. So. 
I agree. He makes it very easy to utilize what he's teaching. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think we're just about out of time, Joe, but um, this was really fun. And hopefully we'll have another opportunity to come back and share some more of our uh, our big takeaways from Atomic Habits. Till we meet again, I'm Ann Allard. Um, Hope you enjoyed this episode. And at Agency University, we hope you'll continue to learn, grow and prosper. Thanks.